You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome. You found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and while I am an attorney, the Buzz Off show is not legal advice. Instead, it's a weekly look at all the buzz surrounding the Internet of Things, drones, autonomous vehicles, and all the technology in between. Catch us each Wednesday on America's Web Radio.com or find podcast versions of the show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or America's Web Radio.com. Look for Lawyer Liz. And this this week, as we're winding down 2017, I admit I I felt a little guilty because Rob Graham, our intrepid political and entertainment commentator, I keep promising Rob I'm going to give him segments on the show, and gosh, we just keep running out of time. So I, in an effort to make it up to Rob, we've dedicated this week's show to chatting with him and getting a breakdown or run-through of, well, Rob's known as a bit of a grump, so who better to create the naughty list of 2017? What technology, be it IoT, other gadgets, gizmos, or just general privacy policies uh, are going to get a lump of coal in their stocking this year? So, Rob, thanks for joining the show, and thank you for your patience. I mean, I hate that I've had to cancel on you so many weeks. That's fine. We'll make it up today. There you go. And, well, you know, Rob, think of the holidays. I mean, you have nieces and buying presents. Uh, Now that the toys are talking and listening, what, what do we do about some of the, as we call them, naughty toys and not in the adult naughtiness sense, but when... You've got a connected toy that's listening, recording, or perhaps hackers are influencing your children. Say, I don't know, when Germany bans a child's doll and says, burn it or destroy it immediately. That has to top your list, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I think we, um, we're reaching this point in technology development um, so, so Moore's law is, is a law. You know, technology improves at a constant rate. And when technology reaches certain points, things become very common. And the common thing we have here is that for only a couple dollars is what it costs to put a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi or an LTE chip inside a, a child's toy. So more and more toys are getting becoming online devices. So it's, it's, it's more easy to put a recording device that records the audio of what the child is saying, records their GPS location, records uh, everything, and ships across the Internet. It's easier to add it to a toy than, than not to have it pretty much at this point. I mean, we've come a long way since Teddy Ruxpin and the tapes tape deck in its belly saying, yeah, I want to be your friend. Now the, the toys are actually interacting. In the case of this doll 
that Germany banned, I mean, she was interacting with the children and recording those conversations. Has that gone a step too far? Well, German watchdogs certainly thought so. But, you know, the thing is, is that um, consider from the point of view of the doll manufacturer is – they the more children's voices they can get a recording of and coming back to the to their plant, the more they can customize their dolls to actually recognize child voices. Um, my my sister's uh, husband has a niece who's two years old and talking to Google in order to do Google, Google searches. She can't write, she can't type, but she can hit the little microphone button on the Google search box and and do a search. And she has to, to work at it because she doesn't have the, even the, the palate nor to pronounce things as adults would. And so it takes her 10 tries in order to pronounce whatever she's searching, whatever child video she's searching for to get the pronunciation right. So think of it. Well, and that brings up, I'll say that brings up an interesting point there. Do we want to encourage two year olds to search Google for their favorite videos? Well, there's that. But the point was is that all companies nowadays, it's it's everywhere in the whole AI space of voice recognition space, is they want data, they want samples. They they're just they're really hungry to get as many samples as they can to get their recognition right. Whether it's a camera watching the road in order to remotely control your car or to automatically control your car, or whether it's voice samples from this sort of thing, they want data. So your child, as much as they are a customer of the product, they're also a source of data for the for the vendors. And it's not malicious that they want to, to know what your child is saying as in terms of the content, it, but it's, um, it's a very practical thing that they want the data samples. Well, and our data is their dollar. I mean, they're earning money off of our children. And so what, other than scouring these websites to figure out what, you know, what's been banned or what hasn't, or knowing the risks, what else should parents or uh, consumers keep in mind with some of these toys? So, as I said, it's it's not really a matter of specifics at this point. We have Moore's Law. And Moore's Law means you have a chip. Um, you have three choices of how it connects. It could just be Bluetooth, which I think this German doll was, which means it has to, it can only transfer the data up to the mothership, to the, to the corporation, via your phone when your phone connects via Bluetooth. Or it could be via Wi-Fi, or it could be via, via LTE. Um, so that's how it connects. And then the next thing is the capabilities. A voice, uh, a microphone costs nothing to add to a device, and children love the interactivity. So you're always going to have microphones. And you're going to have questions like, is it always on? Is it only on when they press a button and that sort of thing? So, so, so parents just know these are how toys now behave in, 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 the, in the future world, is that they always, they're all recording. They're all connected somehow. Prefer the Bluetooth connected ones over the other kinds because that at least has additional layer of security that hackers can't connect directly to them via the internet. Well, and that's one of the points that both uh, with the Kayla doll as well as some other toys that made Germany's naughty list, which was the children's watches, these IoT, you know, uh, GPS tracking watches that, you know, if 
they they are connecting it, but they don't have those basic security protocols. Those were, be it a business decision or a design decision or just over, you know, they were overlooked. They don't have basic security features. I don't know if I'd call it basic security features because security is a trade-off. So um, people call these as basic security features when they don't like them. It's like when your client gets off on a technicality in a courtroom. Well, it's a technicality if you don't like the client. It's a uh, an important civil rights violation if you do like your client. So it's the same thing here with security. Is It depends upon whether you like the device or not, whether it's uh, basic security or not. There's not really much basic security that all these devices need because uh, they're, all, they're basically always behind the firewall. So there's not much ability for hackers to reach out and exploit these devices. Uh, it's the companies. Except for those baby monitors, you know. The what? Except for the baby monitors, you know, where people are jumping in and, uh, you know, Suddenly, you have a ghost voice uh, talking to your baby in the bed. Uh, turns out, well, it was the baby monitor. Well, yeah, and there are, there are a few exceptions. And, and baby monitors or any uh, surveillance camera, security camera, is are, are the big thing that sort of breaks this model. And that's because it's really hard to get devices when both devices begin to firewall, both your phone and the baby monitor, and you want to, you want to get video from the baby monitor to your phone, that's a hard problem to solve. And the easiest way that companies have solved it is by basically the baby monitor tells the firewall, put me outside the firewall, and direct access to the Internet where hackers can then hack it. And that's been the problem with the Mirai worm uh, about this time last year is, is that of the IoT devices that, are, that, that make themselves vulnerable to the Internet, security cameras are, are pretty much the number one device. So your TVs, your cars, and all these other connected devices aren't outside the firewall and haven't been hacked to the degree that security cameras have. Well, and speaking of security cameras, what say you about security cameras that aren't security cameras in kids' rooms? Yeah, so the, um, I was looking on Amazon, and they're, they're selling a was a fake security camera, which is kind of a humorous idea. Um, they're used a lot, actually, in corporations. They just ha- they just put a little smoky ball on the ceiling that costs ten bucks to make you think that there's a security camera, so that you won't like do something bad. So they only have maybe one tenth the security cameras that you think they have. And now the concept is they have it for for kids as well. So you have this little holiday box with Christmas tree lights on it and stuff of a security camera for your kid, so you can put it in their room and not actually watch them, but convince the kids they're always being watched. And this, to me, kind of as a, a civil rights person, is a frightening thing that we're teaching kids at an early age that surveillance is okay, that you're indoctrinated into the principle that you're always being watched by either your parents or some sort of parental entity like Big Brother, and uh, that's okay. So I, it's a for me, it's a scary concept to have to sell these things to basically frighten your kids into compliance. Well, it's the elf on the shelf, but this time year-round. Right. Now, I mean, that that's always creepy enough to me on its own. I mean, it's an odd, creepy-looking doll that you're teaching the kids of, well, the only reason you should behave is because this evil-looking toy or, you know, odd-looking toy is watching 
that you're not building the character. You're just teaching them how to, I don't know, take the test, so to speak. Well, I, I try to teach my nieces, you know, good life lessons. And one of them is, you know, a year's naughtiness is worth more than a missing president at Christmas time. So that um, <laughs> they should just misbehave all year and just, just forget about the fact that they're going to miss their favorite toy at, at, at Christmas. And besides, you know, most of the things you get at Christmas anyway are things like, you know, the sweaters from your grandmother that you just don't want to wear. Well, and, uh, so Rob, it, I take it uh, sweaters will not be on your uh, gift list for your nieces? No. I mean, I, I seem to recall your favorite gifts for them require lots of batteries, moving parts, and if there's paint or other uh, destructive elements to it, you particularly like those. Is, if there's not a chance for a small explosion, then it's probably not going to be an exciting gift. No, I I concur. I follow the same. Well, and when you start looking at some of these uh tracking toys or the hot toys. I mean, I saw somewhere where someone had taken an Alexa and inserted it into the, uh, into a Furby that that was particularly describing because the Furby dolls were annoying enough as they are, or as they were, but I will certainly pick back up with this tracking idea on the naughty list after this commercial break buzz off with lawyer Liz on America's web radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from medicine on call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Talking today with Rob Graham, our entertainment and political correspondent, and going through our naughty list for IoT in 2017. So we've gone through a couple of the naughty children's toys, 
And Rob, what happens now when it's not just the toys that are in the home, but pretty much all of the devices that are coming out and really hitting the market full stride in 2017 that suddenly everything is connected, everything has a GPS, it it seems that those need to make the naughty list as well. So one of the interesting technology uh, evolutions has been the, the rise of the LTE network. The 4G LTE network, which for us, for most of us, we think of in terms of, oh, cool, I now get high bandwidth on my on my phone. And in fact, speedtest.net tells me that my cell phone connection can hit 100 megabits per second, whereas my Comcast connection can only hit 80 megabits per second. So in theory, it's even faster than my wired connection. But one of the attributes of this is the ability to put LTE chips in all sorts of devices where they don't use that 100 megabits connection, but they only use a tad bit of data uh, every day. And so what we're seeing, and there's a special data plan for this that costs like a dollar a month, and you get like one megabyte of transfer, which is which is nothing. It's a New York Times webpage is 14 megabytes to begin with before you actually even read the text from all the advertising and stuff. So uh, one megabyte per month is you know far less than my what I expect normally like a gigabyte per month or something. But what these chips are used for and these data plans are used for is to put in devices everywhere. If you've got let's say a a temperature sensor outside your for weather station outside on a remote property that you own, it just reports the temperature like you know twenty bytes every hour home via LTE, and you don't have to set up Wi-Fi or anything. It costs you a dollar a month. So that also implies I could put a chip in my child. Uh, you know, un, you know. in theory, sometime in the future, maybe it'll be powered off of off of our skin or something and be able to report the GPS of, of your child wherever they go. But in the meantime, we have um, watches. I was going to say, parents aren't, parents aren't quite there yet. We may chip our dogs. Um, but not our, our child. Children, yeah. We have, at least that I've seen, my sister has yet to chip either of my nieces or my nephew. <laughs> but but one thing is becoming popular is watches that are very cheap devices that have an LTE connection all the time that costs you know, 20 bucks a year or something like that, 20 bucks for the device, 20 bucks a year for the, the, the connection, which will keep a GPS locator on your child wherever they go. So as they tr- walk to school or something on the bus or go to their friends' uh, houses or to the library when they're actually at the mall, um, you'll be able to know that all the time because you track their watch or maybe tennis shoes or their cell phone or whatever else. Well, that's what it, that's one of the devices that the German watchdog agency in November said you need to be careful with some of these watches for children because it's not just the intended, the parents who are able to tap into that uh, tracking feed, but the apps themselves perhaps are not secure so that strangers can also track your child. Yeah, the that thing, was, the, the German thing was because some of these smart watches have a listening function where the, the, um, the parents can surreptitiously turn on an eavesdrop mode of the watch and listen to what the child and everyone around them is saying. And the Germans felt that that was a bad thing, 
partly because you know a baby monitor is okay because it's inside your home, and then but the watch, the child is not only eavesdropping on the child, but everyone around the child when they're out in public. Well, and that others could listen in as well. I mean, it's essentially you've turned your child into a surveillance, um, roving, uh, a roving bug. Right. I, th- I think the NSA gives you a, 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 a kickback every time you buy one of these watches. Ah, well, that explains the uh, ads and other uh, Cyber Monday or whatever sales, but... With these children's, you know, in general, the the children's uh, devices, be it sneakers, watches, I mean, it seems that you're taking away a little bit of that. Uh, you, As a child, you don't learn that self-reliance because you know if you've been told that the devices are tracking, et cetera. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it, mom and dad know where you know somebody knows where i am as opposed to oh i should probably check in with my parents and communicate with that with them well it it works kind of works both ways actually because um your child might be afraid to go to the mall on by their own um when they're at at the age where they cross the boundary between when it's okay and not okay to go by themselves um really who goes to malls anymore i mean i think i think that's probably our first error but but uh, out and about but the point is, is that um, actually, if the children feel that they're safe, they're actually going to be more adventurous. They're going to be, they're going to go out further and farther away and do different things if they know that they're being tracked. In other words, they feel safe, so they try more. So it, it could be a, a good thing that actually gives them self confidence to try things. The, the, but as a civil as a civil libertarian, my problem is is that teaches children at an early age that um, Big Brother's watching for them and Big Brother's a beneficial entity rather than an entity that's a little bit gray that sometimes they're on your side and sometimes not. Well, and two, it also raises the issue of who is who else is tracking and keeping that data, that information? Because as we've seen with everything from Google devices to Amazon uh, to Alexa to Facebook even. I mean, Facebook is keeping the data of that post you started to write but then changed your mind. I mean, all of those that information is being tracked and stored. I mean, DJI is, uh, their drones are running into issues because all of the data, perhaps uh, depending on the researchers, including Kevin Finister, who's been on the show, have pointed out that in addition to the intended uses, that data is going back to companies or interests in China. Yeah, as you pointed out, yeah, it's not only are they doing surreptitious monitoring, they're, they're not being surreptitious. They're, they actually don't deny it. So, um, but still your data is going back to China as well as it's got this say, It holes. depends on the PR press release you're reading. Uh, they, right. they kind of waffle. They vacillate between, uh, we definitely do not to okay, perhaps to, oh, but you can turn off that feature. Right, so I have a DJI drone. It's it's a Phantom Four, and it's it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it kind of worries me that I, I wouldn't buy a DJI product again, partly because of what they're doing, but partly because of the 
the squirrely nature of you can't get a straight answer out of them. And that's what KF found with uh, reporting a vulnerability is they had a, vul- a bug disclosure program and then they reported uh, the vuln and they went after them legally. So, um, yeah, they're kind of, uh, they've demonstrated themselves to be an untrustworthy company. It was kind of hard though, because the innovators in the drone space are Chinese companies that have a different concept of privacy and honesty that, that we have in America. So DJI definitely in, in particular, the start of their bug bounty program, uh, definitely make the naughty list and some of these tracking mechanisms for the kids uh it seems like you're not quite ready to put those solidly on the naughty list well i i you know for my nieces i understand this i would put these track and track the heck as, as many tracking devices on my nieces as i could hide on them like in their belt buckle and their tennis shoes or in a watch or in a phone in order to keep them safe so i understand that but on the other hand um, I don't like setting that precedent that Big Brother is always on your side because Big Brother fundamentally is on Big Brother's side. Well, and two, what happens when, you know, someone is not monitoring constantly as they were hoping they would be and you're waiting to be rescued, saved, and it doesn't come? Well, my father, who is getting up there in, in age, has his spot watch. And what Spot works with is um, it's not constant tracking. I, I think it has to press a button or for it to record its GPS location. But it, it if he presses the right button, it, the, it'll connect to a satellite, a low Earth orbit satellite. Uh, I think one of the Iridium satellites and notify an emergency of where his location is. So if he's out hiking somewhere, or he he likes to go fishing in the wilds of of Ontario, Canada. Um, he can be found. So he can be traveling anywhere in the world, and if he's got an emergency, people can find him. Of course, they'll charge you several thousand dollars when they come find you for the effort, but, um, yeah, it's better than dying. (laughs) Will they negotiate your ransom if you've been kidnapped? That's probably with the – I would guess that's in their contract somewhere. That's that's the superior plan or the uh, platinum plan? Yeah. And that's when you that's when you realize how much your loved ones truly cared about you, depending on which plan they registered you for. But 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 if you're a hacker, here's the thing: is all these tracking devices, whether it's Spot, where it's it's tracking uh, only when they press a button, or if it's your kids, you're tracking them. Uh, bad people can use this information. So if I want to kidnap some children, I can just hack into the to the corporate website, uh, or if I want to, if someone's got you know, um, kidnap plans, you know, as part of their plan with, with Spot, we'll break into Spot's uh, computers and find out who the, who they are and where they're located and go kidnap them. And then you've got a guaranteed source of money because, you know, they've got like a million-dollar insurance policy in case you're kidnapped. And there you well, go. And that seems to be one of the other big naughty list items for 2017 were companies admitting, I mean, in going back to DJI and their bug bounty, one of the vulnerabilities was, hey, you've left all of your databases, all this information uh, where you've stored it and certain files, you've left them open to anyone who stumbles across them. I mean, that data is not being protected. 
yeah, a lot of people now are just using Amazon's cloud services, which have typical vulnerability of you just make your database public accidentally. It's a, just a press a button on the Amazon console and now your data is public. And so many companies are getting uh, found having done that, including DGI, uh, which means that all this location data that was supposed to be private with the click of a button, you accidentally made it public for hackers and they just downloaded it. And now they have all the locations of all your customers. Well, it is, you know, call it don't post your keys. I mean, you have to, even uh, government agencies have uh, been caught a little red-faced uh, with similar issues in right. 2017. So, you know, it's, it's certainly a, those kinds of goof-ups where the elves make a mistake and post the keys get the elves and the leaks on Santa's naughty list. Well, one of the other things that seems to be eroding is that distinction between what's public and what's private when it comes to your castle. So we'll have to pick that up in our next segment after this commercial break on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Field Books. There is a difference, and the difference is made in the USA by family-owned and operated Bogside Publishing in New Hampshire. For over 38 years, the family business has produced the finest, most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable field books in the land surveying and engineering industry. Demand the best from your supplier, Bogside Publishing Field Books. Bogside Publishing. For over 38 years, this family-owned New Hampshire business has manufactured the most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable made-in-the-USA field books for the land surveying and engineering industry. And Bogside Publishing is still doing it today. Demand Bogside Field Books from your supplier or go to bogsidepublishing.com for a list of exclusive Bogside dealers. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and talking today with Rob Graham and on the naughty list for IoT in 2017 and right before the break we had been discussing well what happens when everything has been chipped so to speak 
be it the pets, the kids, our watches, our sneakers. And it brings up an interesting question because we have invited all of these uh, companies and listening and recording. Basically, we have opened up our home and particularly with the explosion. I mean, this year's Cyber Monday saw the most sales for the Echo ever. I mean, it was a banner year for Alexa, Echo, all of that. And so now that we've invited all of these these devices into the home, is our home still our castle now that that's taking place? So, Rob, is your home still your castle? So one of the things on the naughty list uh, is the Amazon key, which is this idea that you give a key to the people um, delivering Amazon packages to your door that they can put it inside your door instead of outside so that your neighbors can't steal it. And, of course, that means you're giving Amazon the ability to seal everything in your home because that's what you did. So uh, that's an interesting Fourth Amendment issue because, as you said, the, the home is your castle. That was sort of the uh, the premise behind a lot of the Fourth Amendment law is that the, they, the, the government, the police, law enforcement, need a warrant in order to enter your home, but they don't need a warrant to, de- to grab things that are public. And uh, they don't need a warrant, for example, to get your phone records because your phone records are public. They're public not because the public actually has access to them, but because of a weird um, Supreme Court precedent that anything that you tell someone else, a third party, is by definition public. So everything that you tell someone else is public. So now with all these devices, your home is now public. The Amazon key lets them inside your home. Airbnb allows them inside your home. The Amazon Echo is listening all the time. Uh, your TV set with that has a camera for doing video conferencing is now watching you all the time. So uh, this home is your castle idea versus this third-party doctrine idea um, as the dividing line between when the the government needs a warrant is as fastly being eroded by uh, technology so that your home is now extraordinarily public because all the sound, all the video in your home, you're shipping out to the internet somewhere and you're letting people inside your home. Whereas um, you, even though the courts don't recognize it, you do have a, a privacy concern with your GPS location. You, you don't want, um, people to be able to grab your, your child's GPS records, for example, without a warrant. You want the government to have a warrant. You have a privacy interest over this, even though it's outside your home. Well, and two, what happens when your child goes to play at a neighbor's house? Uh, do you need to then tell the neighbor you don't have permission to you know, turn off Alexa Echo, all of that, you do not have permission to record my child's voice? Well, that was the interesting thing mentioned in one of those uh, German things is that uh, why they banned the the toys was because um, it could record everyone else. So the parents could listen to the teacher, for example, through the device. And that was thought to be uh, an invasion of privacy. But, of course, if the police did it, that's a whole different question. You don't have a privacy concern, according to the law. Well, and so where where do you see the shift? So we've got these devices. I mean, the Amazon Key has 
Atlanta is one of the test areas that it's been announced for, uh, for rollout. Uh, you see community associations, uh, local law enforcement encouraging everyone to put a camera on their front door. So how do you see this trend continuing? Well, right now, going to the Supreme Court, they just heard uh, arguments a couple days ago, is the Carpenter case, which was a guy who uh, the police went and grabbed his uh, his GPS records from the cell towers, from his mobile phone. It's not quite GPS, it's just location records, because the cell towers sort of, sort of triangulate where a cell phone roughly is. So it's not very accurate, but it's records that the mobile phone company has about your location within a quarter mile or, or so. And so um, previously the ruling has been since it's public, it's third-party doctrine, even though the public doesn't have access to them, only the phone company does and the police, um, the police did not need a warrant in order to grab those records. And so the Supreme Court is deciding right now in the Carpenter case whether that whether the police do need a warrant in order to grab your location records. So that's going to be for your cell phone, for these uh, GPS tracking things, the GPS in your car, what Amazon says about you, and so on and so forth. Well, that's one of the things that was a fail that in part came out uh, in 2017, but also had been dealing with is what happens with some of that geolocational data. And it's not always accurate, so... Some of the companies have even admitted, well, we just did a best guess um, and had to then move those locations because they had just put a, loca- a generic default location. In some, ca- well, in one case in Atlanta, it was a house in an address in East the East Atlanta area where they had SWAT teams showing up in the middle of the night demanding, so well, the find my phone. You know, beacon went alert went off and shows that this device from the missing child or you know something is here and they're having to explain no we've been here all night there isn't we did not steal your device it's just wrong yeah that was a, a cool story from Kashmir Kashmir Hill um, which he wrote up on that David and I worked with her on that um, there are databases out there that that purport to have the location data for all IP addresses, for all internet addresses. So you, you, you type in an, an internet address that comes back with the location. But it didn't have any error information about how accurate that information was. So a lot of IP addresses, a lot of internet addresses are a sign that you know at least they're in the United States. So what this company did is they said, okay, here's roughly, here's this place in I think Kansas or something, that's roughly the center of the United States. So we'll put that as the location information for when we don't have anything more accurate within the United States. So there was that farm Well, I was going to say, that, but that poor farm, I mean, they they had to move it. Yeah, well, yeah, not- the, the, farm, the, the poor farmers were just constantly getting the police showing up at their, at their uh, place looking for missing children, for stolen things, and so on and so forth, uh, until Kashmir called them because we, we, we gave her the database, Dave and I, and she just sorted by the list of the most IP addresses assigned to one location. And then she called that location. And the people answered and said, oh, my God, we've been wondering why this has been happening to us for so many years. 
And and they re- and then she wrote the story. She worked with MaxMind, the maintainers of this database, and MaxMind moved the locations, these inaccurate locations, to be somewhere else, like the middle of a lake or somewhere that's not near people and in order to fix the data. So- well, and, and that goes to part of the problem when people are relying too much as if the the data, the tracking, the information is gospel and right. without fault. And it, certainly a fail from 2016 and 2017, but to the extent it sounds like this is even continued, it expanded in 2017 and not slowing down. It it's deserving of a lump of coal. Well, it's, it's also a statistical problem that people it's a it's a common statistical fallacy. If I suspect you, uh, Liz, of being a, a criminal, and I do sometimes, and I look up in a database to see where you were, and you oh, I suspect you having robbed this bank, and oh, the GPS says you robbed the bank. That's one level of likelihood uh, of probability whether you robbed the bank. But if instead I search, okay, here a bank was robbed. Okay, let's grab all this GPS information of everyone who was nearby and then find the person who's most likely to have robbed the bank. That's a very different level of statistics. So you find this person who maybe was back in 72 was convicted of robbing a bank and say, oh, okay, that person probably did it. And because it, it couldn't otherwise be such a coincidence. Well, actually, it could be because you're going the wrong way to grab, grab statistical relevant, uh, relevance. Moreover, well, the UK is having, I'll say UK is having this problem where surely it was not the member of parliament accessing the uh, pornography on his computer because, well, Everybody has access to his computer credentials. Which, as a security expert, as a cyber, as a well-known, famous cybersecurity expert, I have to say it's a great security strategy. Give everyone access to your machine, and therefore you can't be blamed for whatever happens on it. Now, if you're if you're a politician, this is great because politicians they only take credit for things that uh, happen well, happen good. Bad things they always uh, want to avoid blame for, and this is a great way to avoid blame. Well, it, it caused quite a storm over because more members of Parliament were saying, "Well, yes, we all do it." And I'm thinking, even your intern. Well, yes, they admit even their interns have access of like r- essentially root access to all of their accounts and files. And I mean, surely that is a breach. Not only well, not only was that a breach of the formal policies, but security clearance wise, I can't imagine for your eyes only applies to you well and your interns. Yeah, those are Brits. (laughs) Well, let's just say Santa doesn't have to worry about delivering a lump of coal because, well, it'd be for the entire office. <laughs> By the way, one of the cool things from the um, WikiLeaks email dumps from France during the French elections was that one of the assistants, one of the interns, was buying drugs for the for the assemblymen that, that he worked for. <laughs> so uh, there's all sorts of analogs to meth that, that are technically legal that you can buy. So like he was... Uh, Ordering these these meth analogs from Holland via with a credit card and have them shipped to the parliamentary building in Paris for his boss. Well, say or was he? Um, 
but that plausible deniability and it, it does kind of it show that as we're relying on all this data and all this information, it can be misleading. Yeah. I mean, so, so Rob, uh, following your security advice, uh, what, what is your password again? Yeah. You have to get me more drunk than this. But, but I heard his pants free radio. I mean, surely you're amongst friends. I can neither confirm nor deny. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it kind of, as all this is coming out, do you see any changes on the horizon? I think things will be just as bad next year. (laughs) Fantastic. Lots of hope. So one of the things we'll look at when we come back from this last commercial break will be... Is it really going to be that bad or where we see changes on the the naughty list? But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Catch us each Wednesday from 2 to 3 on americaswebradio.com or catch the podcast version, Lawyer Liz, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast streaming services. Chatting today with our resident entertainment political correspondent and all around Grinch and Santa crafting our naughty list for 2017. And Rob, it's not going to be fair if we don't get into what you love the most, which is the entertainment side of things. Uh, yes. How did, how did 2017 fare for, I mean, we don't have C- CSI cyber to kick around anymore. Uh, who, I mean, Mr. Robot doesn't seem to be doing too bad this season, but who's made your naughty list in the world of entertainment? Well, when it comes well, to IOT. <laughs> well, I'm a bit disappointed with, with Mr. Robot. It's, it's, it just bores me silly. I, I can't watch it anymore. So you have this five minutes of cool hacking stuff and, and an hour worth of him just being crazy. So that's, so I put, even though it's great hacking, I put put them on my naughty list. Well, and understandably so. I, th- I feel like most people that sums up a lot of their projects is, well, we got to do some really cool stuff for a few minutes and then we were bored to death by meetings. Yeah. 
So, uh, but one of the cool things from an IoT perspective is that it, it appears to be going everywhere in entertainment. Well, I have a very limited, I guess, view of this, but um, but things like MacGyver TV show has has some pretty far fetched at, at times, but also some more practical hacking of of stuff. Um, you, you just see it everywhere in the movies nowadays, where a voice response system is not actually considered to be a far fetched futuristic thing. That there's just talking to computers everywhere. And I suppose it's, it's not because they're, um, they know about technology so much as that it's much more dramatic to talk to a computer than just to sit there for 20 minutes and type away at staring at the screen. But, but as a kid, I grew up with, with, uh, Star Trek reruns. You know, before they had the next generation, they had just reruns, which were very popular of the original Star Trek movie, where you had talking computer. And when I was nine years old, I played, the Star Trek Bridge. That was a game we'd play underneath the uh, the house in the little uh, shed underneath the house or underneath the deck. We would play Star Trek and you know pretend to have a computer we could talk to. And so, uh, so really, that's where you learned uh, and honed your trolling skills that sure. you now use under a bridge. But you started off under the house, okay? But in the morning, uh, I ask Alexa what time it is. Or other various questions. At, at Thanksgiving, um, of course, you get into arguments about the most inane things, about like what's the population of Germany. And so we just said, you know, Alexa, what's the population of Germany? And Alexa would tell us. So um, that was quite so – so we've moved from the what was implausible science fiction when I was a kid to, to actually we're doing it right now. We're actually – we're asking the computer to answer a question. Well, and one of the things, too, is has or have Alexa and Echo and all of those, have they taken some of the animosity, some of the, you know, you can't have the debate or you can no longer have the debate over the Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner table of, no, you know, it was Professor X on this date, or, you know, no, they were not in that movie when it was like, oh, hold on, I'll Google it. Yeah, I, I wonder one thing is is that I think it's made bars less attractive because it was always fun to go to a bar, get drunk, and have an argument about, an argument about something innocuous uh, and get into a bar fight because that was the fun of going to bars. And now you can't do that because one person whips out their phone and Googles it. Or again, at at home when you're arguing with your with your relatives, making an ass of yourself over the uh, the Christmas grog, um, you uh, just ask Alexa, and the debate just disappears. Well, I mean, you raise a good point. What is what is the fun in a bar if you can't have, uh, you know, that kind of excuse to start the bar fight? I mean, do you just walk in and go like, "All right, boys, I'm gonna consider myself having thrown an insult out." Let's just start swinging. Oh, I, I guess it takes a little bit more preparation. You have to, you have to Google first to find the good, the good insults to bring with you to the bar. Or in some cases, you just have to troll the biker bar with Hanson, and I'm sure that would start a fight as well. But when it when it comes to some of the, I mean, we saw in the latest Fast and Furious, you. Uh, installment where they had the kind of the bot army of autonomous vehicles. I mean, we, we yeah, still rainy, have rainy vehicles down on, on the road from a, uh, from a parking garage. 
that was that was pretty cool. And while it's implausibly difficult today, it's um, a lot of cars do have the necessary auto drive features. And to make it rain cars to that extent, it'd require a, a extraordinarily difficult hack because you would, you would need a different hack for each different car. Even different models within the same vendor, you'd need to have a different a specialized hack for. So to make a hundred cars rain, you'd need 80 hacks in order to get them all to, to, to self-drive off the, off the garage. Uh, but in the future, it'll be more plausible because, um, you'll have fewer and fewer technology providers until, until there's only like three different car assist car automation systems. And they'll likely conform to some sort of standard so that when you're, you're driving down the freeway, they can communicate to each other and stay like five inches from each other. And so when the first car breaks, they all break at the same time so they don't crash. <coughs> so uh, in the future, it'll be easier just to have five hacks that control 100 cars in order to make them all drive off and then fall into the roadway or something. And not yet on the naughty list, even though they're kind of on the cusp because they keep changing the rollout dates for some of this with Teslas. But I'd say one of our winners for 2016 was certainly Tesla's concept of the staggered uh, patching and update system for their cars so that you could have a small test group, make sure it implemented. And so, Rob, as a, as a Tesla owner yourself, how did they fare in 2017? Are they going to stay on the nice list or are they move to the naughty list? Um, I think the nice list, it, it's, to be fair, they're also tracking me all the time. So that's kind of naughty. But their software rollouts work well. Like uh, this last spring when it started becoming humid in Atlanta, uh, the when the windows would would fog up, even when I told it not to blow the air on the on the windshield, the windshield would still fog up, and because it was blowing air on the windshield, regardless, a little bit less air, but some air still. And I was going to call and complain, but when the update came through, it fixed the problem. There was no more fogginess on the windshield because when I said don't don't blow air in the windshield, it would actually not blow air. Uh, and then other cool updates that just appear. Like uh, when I drive home at night and I open the car door while listening to music, it might disturb the neighbors. So now after one update, it stopped doing that. It would actually, as soon as I open the door, the sound volume on the the internal car, car radio audio system would go down. So it wouldn't disturb the neighbors by having just the music blaring. So they keep, the car keeps changing with every update. And sometimes it's annoying. You have to like relearn, like okay, where'd the button go this time? Uh, get, <laughs> and those uh, are things I wouldn't have thought of. But yes, when it's not an actual button, it's just an icon on a display. It's all icons on the display, yeah. It can move around. And so on the, have you figured out how to move it around yourself so that you could perhaps I don't know say a certain ISS co-founder who has his Tesla, could you move the buttons on his display? I, I always, so I got the car to hack, but then I don't want to actually break it apart and hack it. I don't want to actually pull off the, the panels and start plugging in cables and resoldering wires and breaking the car. So I've been kind of demotivated to actually hack the car. I need to buy, go to a junkyard and just buy the units separately to go hack them instead of buying a car. Buying a car to learn how to hack, you actually realize you don't want to mess with your own car. 
Well, especially when they're expensive and otherwise a lot of fun. Uh, how are they doing with the, you know, which of the cool gadget toys would you say made the biggest jump in improvement that the technology just took that big of a leap in be it performance, stability, stuff like that. Because it seems initially Teslas were having, I mean, the autonomous features weren't very consistent and it seems like they're, they're working through some of those kinks. Well, I have the, the first generation autonomous system, which has just a single camera and one uh, radar system and six ultrasound. And now they've got the newer Teslas have six cameras that, that go around the car, and which in theory uh, will provide a much better uh, self-driving capability. But on the other hand, um, uh, they still have to write their own software, and they still haven't done all the software. So the, the current cars, even though the, the hardware is much better than mine, the, the self-driving features are no better. But the thing with self-driving is, is that it's over-promised. Is it's great when you're in a traffic jam that it self-drives for you and you don't have to pay attention, um, and that's great. But we're still not door-to-door self-driving, and we're not likely to ever be, or at least not for several more decades. Because while it works when things work well, it, it fails spectacularly when it doesn't. Like every time there's a windstorm around here in the fall, all the leaves cover the road, and the car can't see the lanes anymore. And it can't self-drive. So it means like, oh, today there's a, <coughs> there's a windstorm last night, so I can't commute to work. Well, so so my car won't self-drive. So and, when, when you get down to it and have to sum up 2017, obviously autonomous vehicles that self-driving, we're not, we're not level five yet. We're not fully autonomous. What, what do you see? are the biggest changes for 2018 moving from the naughty list to the nice list, or even from the nice list to the naughty list? I think the the ability for everything to have a chip in it, a a GPS tracking chip that's that's attached via LTE. The IoT of the future is not going to be Wi-Fi. It's going to be on LTE. All these these devices that don't need a, a heavy, high bandwidth connection to the Internet, it's just cheaper and easier to put them on LTE than to put them on your Wi-Fi, on your home Wi-Fi. So my toothbrush is going to be on the LTE? It'll, I, I think it will be a Bluetooth in the near term and then LTE in the long term. And only high bandwidth devices that actually need high constant inter, um, high bandwidth connection to the Internet, like video conferencing devices or Amazon Echoes that to send your voice, only those devices will be on your local Wi-Fi. Well, Rob, thank you so much for joining us again. I am so sorry we it has taken us this long to find the space for you, but appreciate your thoughts on the naughty list for 2017. My pleasure. Well, and catch the next buzz off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio next week. Until then, you know, let's see what Santa leaves in the stockings. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.